What are you doing, Doc? I need fuel. <laughs> Give me fuel, take a fly, ship me tracing out of Zion. Now, here are your hosts, John Eddie Jr. and Tom Tuttle. Welcome back to Fantasy Fuel. We've got a great show for you today. We're going to talk a lot about last year's rookies and what impact they may have this year. But before we get to that, we're going to talk about some regular football news. Uh, A couple of players not showing up for OTAs. Uh, Aaron Donald, who we talked a lot about last week. And, of course, Tom Brady. Which one of these players do you think will have the most impact not being there, Tom? Well, if you're talking about the NFL, it's got to be Tom Brady. If you're talking about fantasy, I could see the argument for Aaron Donald, but I'd still probably go with Tom Brady. Tom Brady's just too big of a player, too key for your fantasy team and for the Patriots in the NFL. So I would have to go Tom Brady. Uh, I would have to agree with you. Uh, I've also read that Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski are both doing their own thing away from their camp with uh, Tom Brady's personal trainer, whatever that's worth. Um, As far as Aaron Donald goes, uh, I know there's some people, some players out there that are tweeting, just, just, you know, pay the guy what he's worth and get him into camp. You know, there's there's nobody on the team that doesn't want him there. So, yeah, I mean – that's obvious. I mean, everybody wants Aaron Donald, and when it comes to holdouts, I feel like everybody's holding out, and that's kind of the NFL's fault for that. I mean, if you can cut somebody without paying them, I get it. You want to get your money. So I understand the holdouts. I wish the NFL would do something to make it so that it's a little easier for these guys not to want to hold out. So true. Uh, another defensive news item uh the Eagles signed uh, Paul Warlow to a one-year deal this offseason, and he is already out for the season with a torn ACL. <laughs> and uh, just after that, we hear that the Eagles release linebacker Michael Kendricks. So that makes a lot of sense. It sure does. I'm, I'm not <laughs> sure. I mean, I knew that Michael Kendricks was on the chopping block. Uh, there were lots of rumors that they were trying to trade him during the draft and got no bites and he is making more money than he is probably worth compared yeah. to all the big names. But it seems a little weird after a guy goes down with the season-ending injury to also release another yeah. <laughs> semi-reliable linebacker. So I'm not sure what that's all about. Yeah, that's a little weird. I would say they're probably just looking for another guy to step up. Well, maybe they'll pick somebody up. Who knows? But, yeah, that was kind of funny how that all ended out to be. And another semi-interesting tidbit the Jets are down another quarterback. <laughs> Yay! Uh, so the Jets <laughs> traded Christian Hackenberg to the Raiders for a conditional seventh round pick. This is great. We got a seventh rounder. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to say that the experiment was a failure, but it was a failure. It was a failure, no doubt. But I'm just glad we got something out of him. I would have just been fine releasing the guy. I don't even care. I mean, we got three other quarterbacks right now. So Hackenberg, pff, he was—he looked—he looked terrible. I was upset they didn't release him instead of Petty. So I—I'm just glad we got something out of it. 
Uh, apparently, one good knee is better than a whole Christian Hackenberg. So they still have <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater and obviously the Darnold and yeah. the teacher, Josh McCown. Mm-hmm. That uh, John Gruden is the man who traded for him. He seems to be mm-hmm. taking other teams' leftovers this offseason. Uh, maybe he's oh. trying to, I don't know demolish that franchise from inside i don't know it, it, it doesn't seem like he's taking his job as seriously <laughs> as the raiders organization might want him to yeah it's weird with john gruden because he's a smart guy i mean ever since he was in the booth announcing and doing the color uh play-by-play and stuff i i just i thought he was smart everything he said seemed spot on but yeah, it seems a little weird, the, the things that he's doing right now. So, I mean, obviously, even if they lose the seventh rounder and they get nothing out of yeah. Hackenberg, it's not going to ruin the franchise. But yeah. I thought it was funny that he likes to take other teams' leftovers. <laughs> so this week, uh, we put a poll up on our Twitter, which is at Fantasy Fuel, and we asked everybody if they like playing with IDPs, which is what our last show was about, or if you'd rather have a team defense. And I thought it was very interesting, the results. There were 115 votes, and 51%, just over half, voted for team defenses. So that tells me that IDP is getting a lot more popular, but there's, there's still a lot of people that would rather just not pay attention to defense. I I understand that it it it's really not that difficult to do IDP, but I understand people are busy. Some people have just got ridiculous lives, and they just don't want to pay attention to every single defensive player. It's really not all that much different, more difficult. But hey, I get it. Yeah, I mean there are days that I would rather not have to think about all of the yeah, team of individual yeah. defensive players. But when it comes down to it, I have so much more fun actually picking out regular players and when somebody does something good on the field if you have Levante David and he strip sacks (laughs) the quarterback picks up the fumble and runs it in for a touchdown yeah there is no better satisfaction than seeing that happen to one of your players (laughs) absolutely that is like that is that's why I like having individual defensive players I mean because you have something to root for in every game it seems like every single game there's not okay the, the offense ain't on the field for that guy but wait I got somebody on the defense, so it's okay. <laughs> you always have somebody when you have individual defensive players. Oh, yeah. And even if you're only in one league that does IDP, yeah. you you can flip around to any game on yeah. the Sunday ticket, and you will have multiple people on in your lineup playing, it seems like. And, and you know, back in the day when it was just offense and there was two games on TV and there was no Sunday ticket, wow, you better hope you had at least one player playing. And if they weren't yeah. on the field, woo, it was it was rough going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always uh, enjoy watching all, as many games as I possibly can. But sometimes if if you don't have Sunday ticket, which a lot of us don't, but if you don't have it, you just got to hope. You got to hope that you got somebody on the whatever, wherever you're located in your local area or, or whatever's nationally televised. Or 
other ways that may not be mm-hmm. on the up and up. I don't know mm-hmm. what that mm-hmm. would be. I mean, I, don't it, t- it's, I have no idea what you're talking it's about. It's not like either one of us have ever tried to find a game to watch that we couldn't get. I mean, that would be that would be wrong, right? I think so, yeah. Okay. Well, now that we've got that cleared up, we're going to talk about 2017 rookies. And we've talked about a few of them already. Yeah. And we're going to go through some of the obvious ones right now that most people think are going to be great again this year. Guys like Kareem Hunt. He's still the guy in the backfield for Andy Reid's offense. And as long as that's the case, he's going to get points. Now I know Spencer Ware is coming back from injury, so they've got a backup. And if you've got Hunt and you want to secure that backfield, you might as well just take Spencer Ware late and and have it locked up because he will get production as well. Yeah, I would do that too if you have uh, Kareem Hunt. But I think the key key question is is how much will the quarterback, the new quarterback, affect Kareem Hunt's fantasy production? I mean, he he might need a dump-off option, you know, and if his vision isn't clear, you know, he might have to get it to – Kareem Hunt, you know, he he's he got some learning to do. So we'll see how that works out. And it could get Hunt more passes and more catches. And that obviously leads to more points uh, if you're in a PPR. But either way, he's going to be valuable on standard PPR. So I would, I, would, I would go ahead and get him, get that guy. Yep, you might as well. Uh, we're not going to talk about Alvin Kamara. We've mentioned him, I think, in every episode yeah. so far, except for the IDP mm-hmm. one. Everybody knows what he's capable of. Uh, another guy that seems poised for a great season is Juju Smith-Schuster. Mm-hmm. Um, he, although they drafted James Washington, uh, he looks to be the second target. Well, maybe third if you consider Le'Veon Bell the second target. But yeah. after Antonio Brown, it seems to be all Juju. Yeah, I mean, he did pretty good last year. Um, he had 58 catches. You know, it's not a ton, but he had almost 1,000 yards. He had 917. Get this average, though, 15.8 average per catch. That's that's a lot of yards for one catch. I mean, that's, your, that's an average. He had seven touchdowns. That's really good. I mean, he should still be a good option. Yeah, we'll have to see how the, the Steelers use Washington this year, but uh, I'd say with all the other weapons they have – I don't know. I don't know if Washington's going to get in too many times, but I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect Juju's production to decrease this year. And I think the Steelers really like him, and I really think Ben Roethlisberger still likes him a lot. So that's where I would be. I would still take my chances with Juju. I don't care that uh, Washington is going there. I don't think it's going to make too much of an effect into him. But I mean, we'll have to find out. But I, I would. I would go ahead and take you, Juju Schuster, if I said that correctly. Uh, perhaps we'll, uh, we'll find out if one of our listeners wants to correct you or not. Uh, the one thing about Juju that I did notice is he was a little bit of boomer boss last year. I mean, he started out at least in the flag league, our league together. Yeah. He started out the first game with negative points because he had penalties. Then he yeah. had a decent week and then went back another couple of plus a 10 plus point weeks and then went under six then a 12 then a 33 and a 24 (laughs) and then back down to a nine and a three before scoring 23 again so he does seem to be 
very boomer bust, but that could have just been because he's a rookie getting used to the system, and maybe Roethlisberger trusts him more. So maybe this year he'll be a little more consistent. I would like to see that before I start drafting him in too many places. Yeah, I don't know if I'll be drafting him a ton, but I definitely will consider having him on my team because there's no doubt that he is the third guy there. I mean, he's the second guy as far as wide receivers, but he's realistically the third guy and the third option. But, I mean, the third option on a high-powered offense like that, yeah, I'll I'll think about that. And the next guy I want to talk about was on the team that beat the Steelers in the playoffs (laughs) last year, Leonard Fournette. To me... He is such a risk the way his injury went last year. I I don't know how much stock I could put in it, but he's an amazing talent. Uh, but I'm very hesitant on Leonard Fournette. What about you? Well, it's a good one, but I, I listen, he, he had a, over 1,000 yards last year. And he missed four games, yeah. And he was still almost in the top 10 for missing four games. So, I, I mean, he's... Definitely a great talent. We're going to have to find out how he's going to produce with after coming off of that injury. But, I mean, he averaged 20 points per game. So, I mean, I, if he's coming back, I would, I would go for it. I mean, there's no question that he is the guy in Jacksonville. So, he, he was fairly consistent when he was on the field. So, and he looked, he looked amazing at times. So, I project him to be, if he's healthy, I project him to be in the top five far as running backs this year but I mean he's got to come back off of that injury in a in a positive way and I'm looking at his breakdown game by game here and he started off so amazing his first six games he didn't have less than 15 points then he had that injury the bye week and then didn't play off the bye week which I know Personally, some people that that took him by surprise, they had him in the lineup and they forgot to take him out, which that's a big no-no in the fantasy universe. You better be checking that lineup, you know, before, you know, 15 minutes before the games, just in case. Then after those three weeks where he tried to heal, he only had eight points and had a decent 17 and then another eight and then started getting back into gear again. So... I mean, looking at that, if his injury is back, I could definitely see Leonard Fournette coming back and being a top five running back. So I'll take it back a little bit. He's not as bad as I thought he was. Next guy I want to talk about is a guy that, man, if he does anything, what he did last year, is he's going to win people's seasons, even if they draft him high, and that's Deshaun Watson. Oh, yeah. That guy was insane to watch last year. And I don't see any reason why he can't have at least a few games like he did last year. Uh, it's not reasonable to expect him to do that on a 16-game pace. But, man, right. he, he will win some guys some leagues this year. I guarantee it. Oh, there's no doubt about it. And if you look at his stats, and, and these are only from seven games. I mean, he only played seven games, guys. So he had 1,699 yards, 19 touchdowns within them seven games. He did have eight interceptions, so take that with what you think it is. And then he had a QB rating of 103. Now, again, this is in only seven games because he got hurt. But he was playing lights out. I mean, as far as fantasy goes, he was making ridiculous fantasy points, a million fantasy points. I mean, it was ridiculous. I was like, oh, shoot, I passed him up. (laughs) Why did I do that? I mean, last year, for them seven games, he averaged 33.5 points per game. 
That is amazing. Now, if you just take the last four weeks that he played, he was when he was really hitting his groove, an average of 44 points oh my per game. God. That guy, if healthy, can lead you into league's playoffs. It's almost single-handedly. I mean, incredibly valuable to have on your team. Let's just hope that these types of weeks continue this year. Now, for comparison... I want to talk about a rookie that scored four more points than Deshaun Watson did last year. And he <laughs> played all 16 games. But he had fantasy-relevant games because of some of his rushing yards. So 16 games, Deshaun Kaiser scored 238 points. And in basically six and a half, because Deshaun Watson didn't even start the first game. So in six and a half games, he scored 234 that is just <laughs> ridiculous. I know Kaiser wasn't supposed to be the savior for the Browns, yeah. but holy cow, seven games, and he scored almost as much as a quarterback did the entire year. <laughs> I sure hope, for Packers' sake, that they don't get to see Deshaun Kaiser on the field at all this year. Oh, boy, I would dump everybody. <laughs> I mean, you and I were in a league together last year that ran the same team, and we tried to dump Jordy Nelson <sighs> when Brett Hundley came in, and we couldn't <sighs> get anybody to bite, and we know why. Yeah. All right, another guy we're not going to talk too much about is uh, Mr. Tuttle's ESP, it's, uh, Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. We've talked about him enough. He's going to get his. He's going to be a catch machine. Yeah. Uh, but another guy that I am not on the bandwagon is Joe Mixon. Yeah. I don't I would... know what it is about him. Maybe it's just the Bengals organization overall, but I don't like Mixon. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he had 178 attempts last year. He ended up getting 626 yards and an average of three and a half, which is. Okay, he had four touchdowns, 30 receptions. But, I mean, Giovanni Bernard's still a decent back. I mean, so Mixon will still be in that timeshare. So, I mean, he's still a relevant guy to own on your fantasy team, but I wouldn't expect the world out of him. Uh, he definitely can help you out. I mean, he, he averaged 12 points last year per game, so which is pretty good. I mean, it, could, it can give you something. Four games were above 15 points, which can definitely help you out in a week. Um I expect his carries to increase a little this year. Again, I wouldn't expect him to be the every down back. He's not going to be the guy every single snap. So, I mean, you're going to have to roll with it if you want him or if you already have him on your team. I mean, he's not a terrible guy to have. I just think he is not worth the ADP spot that he's been going in, which I see him in, what, third and fourth round. I just I don't like him enough. For that mm-hmm. particular ADP. So, I mean, he might prove me wrong this year. Maybe the Bengals are better than they've looked. But if I had to put money on it, I'm not going to put money on the Bengals. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Another guy that could be better this year and will still be very good in PPR leagues is Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is on that. L.A. Rams team that just signed Brandon Cooks or traded for him and still have Todd Gurley, the number one fantasy back from last year, which, if everybody remembers, the number one fantasy back usually does not repeat as number one the following year. Yeah, we'll so, have to find out about that. I yeah. Mean, he could. I mean, he's good enough to do that. 
Oh, he is definitely good enough, but is uh, Jared Goff good enough to use his receivers to let Todd Gurley continue his run? Uh, I don't particularly care for the Rams' offense this year. Maybe I'm biased because they're the pers- the team that is challenging the Eagles in the offseason right now is everybody's favorite pick. But I yeah. just don't see them being as good as they were last year. Yeah, I think they could be better. I mean, they obviously have uh, Cooks, which is a better option than uh, Sammy Watkins. So, I mean, the Rams could throw more to Cooks, and it could hurt Cooper Cup's stats. But he's a young, talented guy. So I expect the Rams to integrate him a little more in the offense, even more than what they did last year. But what that means for Robert Woods, I'm not sure. Uh, he could he could see less targets. But I like all three of these guys, really. I mean, they're going to get their catches. I, would, I wouldn't mind having any of them on my team. I, I have no problem with that. Yeah, I think maybe that is another situation where I'm just not willing to take them as high as they're going. I like them. They're going to get me points. And Cooper Cup, he was the model of consistency last year. I mean, if you're looking at Mm -hmm. his numbers, there was only a couple of games under 10, and he was getting 11, 13, 12, and then throwing a 20 and a 23, a 17, 11, 18. So you usually know what you're going to get when you have Cooper Cup out there. I just don't know if he's the best option. Yeah. Hopefully he can prove me wrong, too. I like being proven wrong. Yeah, we'll see. Another guy I don't think is going to prove me wrong is Evan Ingram. Because of last year's situation, this guy got a ton of targets. But you know what? He also had the highest drop rate as well. So, (laughs) you know, you add in less targets, and if it's the same drop rate, there is zero chance he can repeat what he did last year. I don't think it's going to repeat what he did last year, but I think it's pretty obvious that the Giants love this guy. And if he can get anywhere close to that, what he had last year, there's no question that where the state of the NFL is as far as having a quality tight end on your fantasy team, that's a huge deal if you can get production out of a tight end. They leaned on him a lot last year, like you said, because all the Giants got hurt, every single one of them. I mean, (laughs) it seemed ridiculous. But – Odell Beckham will be back. Sterling Shepard will be back um, and should play more games than he did last year. What does that say for Evan Egram? A lot of people are saying it might mean that he gets less looks because Eli Manning will get more to Odell. Well, and they also have a running back this year. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they're going to dump it off to him too. But I think think what it might do is it might end up making Ingram more open. I mean, because you got to cover – all three of them other guys, you know? So Ingram could be that guy that just sneaks out there in the middle of the field and gets and gets that Eli Manning's uh, attention and gets them catches. But we're going to find out. I, I think he's got an opportunity to get more, depending on how they cover him. And he would be a perfect candidate, you know, if, you're, if you have a couple of tight ends to choose from. There was a team last year, uh, I believe – it was the Giants, actually, that were the worst team against tight ends. I followed uh, a guy on the SiriusXM Fantasy Show last year, and he was dead on with his tight ends every single week. I picked up Garrett <laughs> Selleck 
because of this guy when I had no <laughs> other tight end and he scored against the Giants defense last year. So when you see wow. a defense that is as bad as tight ends, you know, you can plug in any one of them. And yeah, he was he was on point every week last year. That's incredible. All right. Last guy that we're going to talk about in this particular segment is Marlon Mack. Mm-hmm. He is one of those guys I am super excited to see if they're going to give him a full workload. Uh, I know yeah. the Colts drafted a running back, Niam Hines. I don't know a lot about him, but I think Marlon Mack's going to get the first crack at being a lead back, maybe a three-down back, I hope. I don't know what he's got in the tank, but maybe if Andrew Luck is back this year, he'll he'll get a chance to prove it. Well, you can't really look at his stats from last year because he didn't have all that many great stats. But if you do look at his stats, you can see that when he got his opportunity, he did really well. But this year, he's going to get his chance to prove it. So I don't think the other running backs on that roster are going to challenge him much. I think they really like him. So the Colts are going to count on this guy. Uh, With Andrew Luck being back, that could open things up for Mack, and he could have a great year. I wouldn't count on him to be an RB1, not just yet, but he could put himself in that category. So I would I would take him as an RB2 and hope for an RB1 production. Yeah, if you get a little deep in your draft and you've gone wide receiver heavy, maybe taking a quarterback earlier than a lot of you know professionals would say to take their quarterbacks, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's a sneaky guy that could end up being there. Because I'm, I'm looking at his stats now, and he only had 93 attempts last year and 33 targets. And of those 33 mm-hmm. targets, he had 21 catches. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he didn't get a lot of work, but right. maybe that just means he's fresh. Uh, he did decent in what he got. but Well, they had they had the workhorse in Frank Gore, so right. what are you going to do? Yeah, <laughs> and, and that guy is never going to quit football. We're going to see him playing <laughs> when he's 40. It, it, Trust me. I sure hope so. That would be the best. That would I would be love amazing. to see somebody just in, in a walker going out there playing football. We need to pause our show just for a moment because we have somebody on the line that has been on hold for a little while, hopefully not too long. But, uh, you know, I'm just going to shoot it over to you, JJ. Go ahead and tell everybody who it is. On the line with us is John Madden. Thanks for being on the show, John. First question I have to ask. Do you believe in the Madden curse? Well, you know, you know, the curse does seem pretty real, doesn't it? I, I actually tried to break the curse when I put the greatest quarterback of all time on the cover, Brett Favre. <laughs> Obviously, that didn't work too good, and the curse continues to haunt players. Some of them get hurt, some get suspended, and then there's Tom Brady, who just you know, loses the Super Bowl when his team is favored to win. Well, hold on a second, John. You you have something against Tom Brady? Well, you, you know, almost everybody says he's the greatest quarterback of all time. He goes vegan. He's got a you know, supermodel. But I got to disagree. It's Brett Favre. Yeah, you know, Brett Favre. Let me, let me tell you something about Brett Favre. You know, I was at a steakhouse. John, John, hold on a second. We love Brett Favre. We both grew up in Wisconsin our whole lives. We've seen Brett Favre a ton, and he was the most exciting player I've ever seen. But we had an episode where we talked about the NFC South. 
And I'd like to ask, who do you think is the best QB in that division? That's a tough question, you know. I'll tell you something. I don't think I've ever seen a more accurate quarterback than Drew Brees. And I've never seen a quarterback run the way Cam Newton does. I think if you take the arm of Brees and and rip that off and then the legs of Newton and then stitch those there, <laughs> throw in the contract of Matt Ryan and, and boom, the love of seafood that Jameis Winston has, Hey, I think you'd have the perfect turducken. I mean, I mean, perfect quarterback. <laughs> that didn't exactly answer our question, John, but I do understand why you like each of these qualities in each of the quarterbacks. But could you give me the name of the quarterback who will score the most fantasy points this year out of the NFC South? You know, Cam Newton is going to run a lot, and that and then that gives him a lot of points. Uh, Drew Brees, uh, he has weapons all around him, and I, I think he's too experienced to not take advantage of that. Uh, he's a great quarterback. Cam Newton and, and Drew Brees, both great. Not as great as Brett Favre. Hey, but, you know, Brett Favre, he could throw that ball on a dime. One time I took a dime out of my out of my pocket. And, and, <laughs> okay, and, John, and, and, we get the picture. We understand. But we hate to cut you off. We enjoyed having you on the show, and we wish you nothing but the best, and hopefully we can have another good little talk with you in the near future. Okay, that was one of our best interviews so far. I have no to doubt. say that. It was definitely the most entertaining and most insightful one we've had so far. <laughs> that was awesome. That being said, I would like to ask everybody to comment on our interview and or our last segment of 2017 Rookies. And you can do that at Fantasy Fuel on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Fantasy Fuel, or email us at FantasyFuelPodcast.com. Next, we're going to move on to some, maybe some sneakier rookies. Uh, yeah. Some of these guys, they might not seem sneaky, but depending on the league uh, makeup yeah. and what kind of things you're scoring, uh, the first guy I wanted to talk about was Tariq Cohen. It seems uh, Matt Nagy is in love with this guy, and <laughs> yeah. I like what he has to offer. Of course, he is dependent on catching the ball and in some leagues he scored a ton of points like our flag league he scored a ton of points Mm -hmm. but a lot of that was also on return yardage so if you have a return yardage stat in your league this guy is well worth where he's being taken in drafts right now because I'm looking at his stats and I see two games under 10 points and it didn't seem like he had that many touches last year yeah um Listen though, this is this is what comes down to it. When your coach says what he said, he said he runs every route the right way. He catches most balls. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He's a player that for me you get giddy about. Now, when a coach says get giddy about a player, <laughs> that means he wants him to be on the field a lot. He already said he wants him to be more involved in the offense. So Cohen is one of them guys that people may not realize just how good he can be for your fantasy team. So he may be overlooked. So if you can get him in and you're in a PPR, do it and think that he's going to have a great year. Because I really do think that when your coach is praising you that much, it's, it's probably something you should look into. 
and I know it's a different coaching staff, but uh, the Eagles actually designed their Philly special after a Bears play a couple of seasons ago, <laughs> and that could be a perfect place for Tariq Cohen to be on the field. Oh, and by the way, the guy that threw the Philly special, Trey Burton, also in <laughs> Chicago. So that could be they could be in for a lot of trickery this year because mm-hmm. the next guy I want to talk about also on the Bears, Mitch Trubisky. Mm-hmm. They the Bears have done everything in their power to get Mitch Trubisky an amazing team around him. Yeah, he's got way better weapons this year than he did last year, and I think I think the Bears could be in the running to make the playoffs this year if. Trubisky improves to the level that the Bears organization thinks he can. With the better weapons, his fantasy production could be a good surprise. Now, I'd take him as a bi-week fill-in and hope that he becomes a QB1. But, I mean, I would take that chance. There's no problem having a bi-week guy. So, you could have a big stud if it ends up being that Trubisky ends up being a guy. I mean, he could be great. We'll have to find out. Well, but he's got the weapons now. It is very reminiscent of last year where people were taking Carson Wentz. Yeah, He was not a QB1 where people were taking Carson Wentz last year. Some people were yeah. higher on him. I'm sure he went a little bit higher in some leagues. But this is a guy you're going to get late. I know a lot of people say, you know, take your quarterback and then stream or do whatever you need to during bye week fillers. But... This is a guy I would take as a second quarterback to stash on the bench because I can see a very parallel existence this year between Trubisky and Carson Wentz. They went out and got Carson Wentz some weapons. The Bears have gone out and got Trubisky weapons. Yeah, and if if you get Trubisky to be Carson Wentz, you just you just won your league. Like seriously. Until he goes down in week 13 with a torn ACL, but yeah, that's another story. I'm glad story. you said that and it wasn't me. Yeah, exactly. I take it <laughs> when I get it. All right, one more guy. Uh, maybe he's not so sneaky because everybody knows who he is, but I think he's being overlooked just a little bit, and that's my guy, Delvin Cook. I yeah. won't dwell on him. I've talked about him before. But I am really, really high on Dalvin Cook this year. So if you can get him in the late second round, I am all over him every single time. Obviously, the later, the better. I mean, there might be some people out there that just, if you're in a league that nobody's high on him, man, you could get, you could have something special. But again, he's only played four weeks. That's all we know about him at the professional level. So take take it with a grain of salt. But he could be something huge for you. And us being in Wisconsin, everybody hates the Vikings. So <laughs> maybe he does fall a little later in leagues around this area. We'll around see. us? Yeah, he might. Okay, another guy I really like this year. And if you have Melvin Gordon, please, please go out and get Austin Eckler later in the draft. This guy, he does what he needs to do when he's out on that field. And mm-hmm. if... Melvin Gordon goes down, I can see him filling in very well for him. I know in our league he actually scored a little bit better because he had, I believe it was 16 tackles on the year. So he was out there on special teams a little bit as well. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing that you can get points for somebody who's on on special teams, which is like like I said last year or last week. We have everybody 
does something on the field. If you do something good, you should get your points for it. So even if you get a tackle on special teams, you should be getting points even if you're an offensive player. Now, everything you said about him, I completely agree with you. Uh, he could be a very sneaky guy to have this year, and he did really well on his opportunities that he had last year. So I would go ahead and take him. Yeah, he had a total of 74 touches between his carries yeah. and his receptions, and he had five touchdowns out of that, yeah, along with uh, 539 total yards. So, mm-hmm. man, if he if Melvin Gordon gets injured, I, I have a feeling that uh, Austin Eckler oh, yeah. could be a good guy to own. There's no doubt about that. A couple other guys will uh, briefly go over. Kenny Galladay, uh, who knows about him in Detroit? Mm-hmm. I mean, they've always got uh, Golden Tate and Marvin Jones, so there's not going to be a ton of work for Galladay, especially when they have, like, what, 17 running backs this year that are going to carry the ball for the Lions? <laughs> yeah, it depends on how deep your league is. But, I mean, 28 catches isn't horrible when you realize that he missed five weeks. So he's he's a he's a deep sleeper. I wouldn't mind him on my team, but I he's somebody I'm not really thinking about. No, he he's definitely a late round flyer, but right. if one of those two guys do go down, I think Galladay will get plenty of looks for the rest of the year. Mhm. Uh, another guy that will probably only be good if somebody gets hurt, but the chances are not terrible for this person getting hurt. Uh, and I'm talking about Jarek McKinnon getting hurt. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Matt Breda. Uh, they also have a guy named Joe Williams there. So maybe one of those two guys uh, will be able to be fantasy relevant if Jarek McKinnon doesn't do what they want him to do, which after a day of OTAs, apparently they are just passing the ball to him left and right. Yeah, I'm not sure how much I trust Jarek McKinnon this year. Um, so I would, I would take... Matt, but uh, I don't know. He had a decent amount of touches last year, and he made the best of them. Uh, he could take over for McKinnon sooner or later, so I wouldn't mind having him either. Uh, one more guy I have to mention uh, from my Eagles is Corey Clement. You and I both love this guy, so we're not going to spend too much time gushing over him. But uh, if Jay Ajayi's knee doesn't hold up, expect this guy to go right in there. I mean, I'm hoping as an Eagles fan that they keep with that three-headed, you know, horse there and ride them all and ride the fresh guy, ride the hot guy. But I think he'll be all right if uh, Ajayi can't stay healthy. See, listen, I was one of the few guys that I know that liked him a lot last year. I mean, coming out of college, (laughs) I knew he was going to be something special. I mean, I'm not saying he's terrific. But if he had that starting job, if he was the guy there, I think he would be amazing. However, I will say, I was on him from the start. I don't know how he go. He went undrafted. <laughs> that was, yeah, insane. We both looked when the Eagles signed him as an unrestricted free agent. I was like, oh, wow, that's awesome. The Eagles signed a guy from our Wisconsin Badgers. But yeah. why didn't somebody take him? I, I I didn't get that either. He 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 broke records in Wisconsin, but I, whatever. Sproles is going to be back, so that might put a dent in his fantasy production. We'll see. I I still like Clement. I think he's a guy to keep your eye on. Uh, definitely made an impact for the Eagles last year. So there's that. Uh, the last two guys we're going to talk about as sneaky rookies are both from the same team. So 
I'm guessing both of them aren't going to be able to be sneaky, <laughs> but we'll see. And that team is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the two players I'm talking about are tight end O.J. Howard and wide receiver Chris Godwin. Uh, I yeah. am all over O.J. Howard in best ball leagues. Mm-hmm. I think I've done three or four of them, and I have drafted him in every single one. Because this guy, when he is on, he is going to get you a ton of points. But he'll disappear from time to time. So best ball is the way to go for him. Maybe if they don't use Cameron Bright as often, he might be a little more fantasy relevant. Yeah, I think that's a possibility. If he really shows to that team that he can do that and he take more more of the workload in the tight end position, he could get more production. He had six touchdowns last year, which is pretty good for a rookie. So, I mean, I could realistically see him getting double-digit touchdowns this year. It's a realistic option, possibility. Um, I wouldn't expect that, but he's a guy with a ton of upside. And I already said this previously in other shows because I traded him. And he's a very valuable tight end because, like I said, tight ends right now in fantasy football, there's so few that you can count on he might end up being one of them guys that you can count on in years to come. Unless Chris Godwin replaces a third option in Tampa Bay, which I'm not super high on it, but he did get more yeah. targets towards the end of the year last year. I mean, week six or week 17, the 16th game of the year, he had 12 targets, seven catches, 111 yards, and a touchdown. So mm-hmm. he can do it. But will he and will Deshaun Jackson fade into memory? Oh, Jackson. Oh, that's a good one. I mean, they still got Evans. They still got Jackson. I don't know. For some reason, I just don't believe in Godwin. There's just some other guys there that I think I'd rather have. You know, it's just, I don't know, nothing against them. I'm just not feeling it with him. No, it's, I see a lot of hype on him around the internet and, yeah. I'm very hesitant. We're going to talk just very briefly. These are some guys that if you're in a league that has a taxi squad, keep these players there for now. This is what I'm telling you. Keep them there for now because the situations are not very clear. Uh, The one guy I know people are high on, I like what I've seen from him, but I also don't think he's ready for a full workload is Deontay Foreman. Um, I still like Lamar Miller. This guy has been very consistent. I think until Lamar Miller can't do it anymore or we see 20 touches for Foreman, just keep him down there for a little while until you have to bring him up. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. Uh, Some other guys that I think you should just keep on your taxi squad until you see some more are Corey Davis. I don't see his future very bright yet. Uh, Curtis Samuel, who I know you yeah. drafted a couple of years back and yeah. was about to bring up, and then he got hurt. <laughs> uh, David Njoku, tight end of the Browns, a guy we just we have no idea what the Browns are going to be this year, so don't bring him up unless you have to. Or unless he goes off, because he could. Of course. I like him a lot. Of course. Uh, Zay Jones, who has some mm-hmm. issues of his own. Mm-hmm. Uh, D'Angelo Henderson, um, I think Royce Freeman is going to take that and run with it. So no reason yeah. to bring him up until you know Royce Freeman can't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
my guy from the Eagles, Mac Hollins. I've liked what I've seen from him. He doesn't have a whole lot of a body of work, uh, so keep him down there. I've got him on a taxi squad in one league. If uh, Mike Wallace ends up being a bust, I think he will fill in very nicely. Yeah. And uh, one more person, keep down there probably for one more year, is Jonu Smith. Because Delaney Walker is still hobbling around the football field and still producing. So until he is absolutely done, keep Jonu Smith on your taxi squad Mm -hmm. as well. All right. We're going to talk about a few defensive rookies before we get into our 2017 rookie ESPs. Mm Mm-hmm. Did you know the top three cornerbacks in fantasy football in our flag league last year were all rookies? Oh, well, that's uh, interesting. It is is very interesting. I did not know that. That's a good one. Those three cornerbacks were Adoree Jackson, who Mm -hmm. had a bunch of return yards, Mm -hmm. Desmond King, and Tredavious White. All three rookies for their teams. Now... Do you think they scored well because they were great cornerbacks? Possibly. Mm. Or were they thrown at more because they were rookies and they got more tackles? Yeah, I don't know if they're going to be getting any more or less or the same amount of fantasy points this next year. I mean, like I've said before, cornerbacks, it's like up in the air every year. They could still be up there, but, I mean, they could fall. And then somebody else is going to rise to the top as far as cornerbacks go, and you just go ahead and get that guy. But as far as Jackson, now when you have somebody who can get return yards and still be on the field playing in a, a position, that's pretty valuable in my eyes. And uh, last year I had uh, Danny Amendola, and he got a lot of return yards, and he still got catches. So he wouldn't have been worth much <laughs> if if he didn't get the return yards. Very he would have got – a couple here and there, but because he did get the return yards, he made him more valuable enough for me to start him more often than not. Yeah, there were. I mean, he reminds me a little bit. Now it's not anywhere near the same situation, but it reminded me a little bit of years past when Darren Sproles was on the Saints. And <laughs> yeah. if your league scored return yards, and this was before you know the new rules of uh, kickoffs and whatnot. Darren Sproles would go in the top two or three, I believe, in those leagues in a startup draft. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. insane how many points he would score. So, yes, return yards, definitely take those into account. If you're on the fence about somebody in IDPs, definitely yeah. go with the guy who gets on the field just a little bit more. Uh, a couple other defensive rookies. Um, I'll ask you about a guy who seems very, very confident on Twitter and anytime he pops up in the media, your guy from the Jets, Jamal Adams. He's confident because he's great. I, I don't have any problems with him saying the stuff he says. I mean, if, if he goes crazy, then yeah, maybe. But he's only going to improve. He's, he can't get worse. But not saying he was bad, but he's, he's just good. He's going to be on the field almost every single down. So, being a Jet fan, <laughs> I've watched this guy a lot, and I tell you, I really, really, really like him. He plays hard, and he's smart on the field. So, I'm excited for the whole Jets defensive team, you know, because no doubt Todd Bowles drafted this guy and other guys for the defense, and he's a good defensive-minded coach. But 
we're going to see how it all comes together. I think he's going to be a really good safety from here on out for a long time. And hopefully the Jets can make it worth his while sooner than later. But <laughs> we'll see. And I was never a huge fan of Todd Bowles, but yeah. he finally cut bait with Christian Hackenberg. So he's at least <laughs> willing to admit when he's wrong. And that gives uh. him a positive in my book. <laughs> All right. Another guy we talked about last week was from the Rams was John Johnson. Uh, mm-hmm. We won't waste too much time on him again, but he's another guy that could get extra work if those cornerbacks from the Rams are uh, doing their job. A hometown guy for us, TJ Watt. Uh-oh. Man, he is fun to watch, but he is very all over the place when it comes to fantasy scoring. Yeah, this though, I think... I think he's a big one this year. He's going to be on the field more and more and more. The Steelers like him. I know they like him. So he already had seven sacks last year. That's not terrible. Um, he's going to get more tackles. With more experience, I think he'll be one of them names you won't forget. I mean, I think he's because of his brother. Uh, he's already got that name recognition. But You mean Derek Watt? <laughs> uh, yeah, Derek Watt. Okay, all right. Um, but, yeah, uh, it could be – it. The Watt brothers are awesome. Even Derek's awesome. Everybody likes him. But uh, everybody's going to remember all of them, and I think he's going to give them another reason to. I hope so. He's, Like I said, he's fun to watch, so I, I wish him all the best in that Pittsburgh defense. A uh, guy that did not get but one game of playing time last year was for my Eagles, uh, cornerback Sidney Jones. And I only bring him up because, you know, We've told you cornerbacks are a dime a dozen. Mm-hmm. But as of right now, Sidney Jones is lining up in the slot. And slot guys tend to get more tackles than outside guys. So if you're needing somebody, he is going to go way late in like mm-hmm. leagues like our flag league. And he's somebody that, yeah, I think he's going to slide right in and he's going to do very well because – if he wouldn't have been injured in college, he would have been a first-round talent last year. So I'm hoping he's going to be a good guy. I've got him stashed in a couple of leagues, so maybe that's just me. <laughs> and the last two defensive rookies we'll quickly talk about both come from the Saints. Uh, mm-hmm. Linebacker Alex Anzalone, who started off really well but then got injured. Uh, somebody's yep. got to be a tackle machine in the front seven, maybe. He, I, I really liked him. I took him in one league, and he didn't produce, but that was only because he got hurt. So He's a promising rookie last year. Until he got hurt, he had to get surgery on his shoulder. But, I mean, Sean Payton really likes him, I think. So I, th- I think as long as his shoulder holds up throughout the season, he'll be a guy that not many people will be looking at. So I'd, I'd go ahead and grab him. I'd take a shot on a guy like this because he could be a big producer. Uh, would you take a shot on a guy that lost you a playoff game? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, here's hoping that Marcus Williams doesn't continue tackling like he did against the Vikings in the play, in that last play of the playoff game. Which is insane but, because he had 59 tackles during the regular yeah. season as a safety, which is a great number of tackles. He had six pass deflections and four interceptions during the regular season. He was good. As a rookie, yeah. he was really, really good. So, I have him in my lineup. I mean, I wouldn't – that one little missed tackle, yeah, it cost you a playoff game. 
<laughs> but um, I'd put him in my lineup. In you say that him, like but. it was just a, eh, whatever. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> for Vikings fans, it's it's a thing of awesomeness. For Saints fans, well, all right. But for fantasy football, it doesn't matter. And in case anybody is wondering if you're not into IDP, Marcus Williams is the guy who let Stefan Diggs off <laughs> the hook because he just basically tackled the air underneath Stefan Diggs. <laughs> so he didn't get any fantasy points on that play, but here's hoping his confidence isn't completely wrecked and he we does just well lost, again. We just lost all of our Saints listeners because of this. Oh boy, I'm sorry guys. <laughs> All right, with that, we are going to end the show as we do with ESP. ESP, early season predictions. Well, I've got a feeling it might it might seem like it's out there, but this guy was a rookie from last year, and he is none other than Zay Jones. I know he made headlines in the offseason for running around at his brother's house like a crazy person in his birthday suit. But the charges were dropped, so I don't know. What what, what does that have to do with him being on the field? Not a lot. But I think on the field, he's an incredible talent. I mean, he set the NCAA receptions record, 399. And he set a single season record of 158. So he's definitely got the talent there and I got a feeling that he's gonna be the guy they don't got too many other guys over there in Buffalo but he only had 27 grabs last year for the Bills and I know that it doesn't seem like he's all that smart with the whole off the season stuff but he's got you <laughs> he's got to tell the team that he's not feeling 100% when he's hurt because last year he was playing through an injury that he didn't tell anybody. But that just tells you how strong he is. I, and it's, he's, he's a guy he will play through an injury. Not saying it's smart, but I think it shows you that he's tough. Now, he's going to come back from surgery, and he's going to get another opportunity this year, and he's going to have a young, new young quarterback. I don't know which one is going to be, but he could. I have a sense I have the sense that he's going to make a connection with whatever quarterback's going to be on that team. (laughs) (laughs) That he's going to make a connection with either one of them, and it's going to be for a lot of catches this year. My ESP is that he will have a 1,000-yard year reception. So don't sleep on Zay Jones this year. I've got this feeling about it. Now... I'm going to save this because I'm going to play this same segment next year, <laughs> and I might agree with you then. So yeah. we'll put this one in the record books, and maybe we'll see what happens this year. Mm-hmm. My ESP, we talked about him earlier, O.J. Howard. I've got a really good feeling about O.J. Howard, but mostly in the best ball leagues like I was talking about. I think this guy is going to he is going to frustrate owners to no end this year because he is going to go out there. He's going to catch 3 balls for 80 yards and two touchdowns week 1. 
<laughs> and everybody is going to trade for him. Everybody's going to pick him up off the waiver wire if they haven't been drafted. And week two, he is going to have zero catches. Oh. And he is going to continue to do that all year long. <laughs> I think he will end up, I have a very good sense that he will end up with 50 catches for 600 yards and seven touchdowns. And it will be in about seven games is where all that production is going to come from. So my ESP, OJ Howard, pick him up in your best ball leagues and have some other tight end that you can count on for those weeks <laughs> where he just lays down and hides. Uh, I kind of agree with you, but I do think he could have a bigger year than what you're even giving him. But I give you ESP, best ball leagues. That's another one that we got to think about. All right, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, first, I would like to thank Jason Stevens. Uh, he is on jasonsvoices.com, J-A-S-O-N-S-V-O-I-C-E-S.com. And he provided our John Madden in this particular episode, which I thought was amazing. Absolutely. So if there's anybody out there listening that needs some voices, check out his website. He does some awesome, awesome voices. He's been on the Jimmy Fallon show yeah. doing his Morgan Freeman and Barack Obama voices. So give him a listen. And if you need somebody to do some voices for you, check this guy out. He's yeah. great. Yeah, he's he's a stand-up guy, too. I mean, I had a small little conversation with him. He's he's amazing. So definitely go check his website out, please. And if you do check him out, please let him know that Fantasy Fuel sent you. All right. Thank you again, guys. And we will see you all very, very soon. Tom and I would like to thank you for listening and supporting us. We greatly appreciate the feedback we receive and love interacting with our listeners. You can contact us with any questions you may have or line up roster advice on Twitter at Fantasy Fuel, Facebook.com slash Fantasy Fuel, and Instagram at Fantasy Fuel Podcast. You can also reach us the old-fashioned way via email at FantasyFuelPodcast at gmail.com. Thank you, and remember to stay fueled up this fantasy season.